The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of a series titled The Magic of Thinking Big, which is based upon a book of the same title by David J. Schwartz. Uh, my request is while you are following along with this series that you get the book, The Magic of Thinking Big by David J. Schwartz, and follow along. I'm teaching the book chapter by chapter until I done, I'm done. You know, I might have a week here, a week there where I might do something different. But for as far as this is concerned, I want to make sure that everybody learns what they need to learn chapter by chapter with this book. I also want to just again, continue to celebrate the fact that Christ Universal Temple is in its 64th anniversary. October uh, October of 2020 is our 64th year in existence. We were born or established by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman in October of 1956, and I just want to continue to celebrate with the people who have been impacted by this ministry that we're celebrating 64 years of teaching people how to live a better life through the renewing of their minds. And that's something that uh, I'm very proud of and we're very proud of. And if you're listening to this show, whether you're in one of the countries in Africa, if you're in uh, the UK and Europe, in Canada, obviously in the United States, in Mexico, in Central America, in the Caribbean, all the different places where I people have contacted me and told me they they actually listen to the show you are a part of christ universal temple just because you listen to this podcast you are part of what we do so let's get to it today we're in chapter three of the magic of thinking big and the chapter is build confidence and destroy fear build confidence and destroy fear now, this is a very powerful chapter, and I would strongly suggest anybody that actually has this book that you read every chapter twice before you go on to the next one, if you can, 
and everybody can. So that's my request. You don't have to do it. The reason being is this. Just letting some of the thoughts and ideas that are presented in this chapter to just saturate in your mind, just just allow to grow and become a part of who you are to integrate into your thinking process. So he starts off by saying on page 49, friends mean well when they say it's only your imagination. Don't worry. There's nothing to be afraid of. But you and I know this kind of fear medicine never really works. Such soothing remarks may give us a fear relief for a few minutes or maybe even a few hours, but the it's only in your imagination treatment doesn't really build confidence and cure fear. So he goes on and says, yes, fear is real, and we must recognize it exists before we can conquer it. So I know a lot of people do the acronym fear is false evidence appearing real, and I go along with that as well. But I also know that fear is a natural human emotion and perspective that every human being far as I would even make the bold statement every human being who has ever lived has experienced and many people are experiencing multiple times a day for instance there's a there's there is something built in you that tells you to not you know you know walk off of the you know third floor balcony not to walk into incoming traffic that's natural and healthy fear. What he is talking about is the fear that we allow to paralyze us that's totally based on our thinking, not based upon some outer uh, danger, but on our perceptions, our beliefs, our perspectives, our point of view, the context or paradigm through which we live. So, in this context, he's saying, yes, fear is real and we must recognize it before we can conquer it. Then he says, most fear today is psychological. First of all, all fear is psychological by nature. In other words, uh, it's mental because it's either happening, it's happening in your thinking and feeling natures. Uh, so he goes on to say worry, tension, embarrassment, panic, all stem from, and I love this, mismanaged negative imagination. But simply knowing the breeding ground of fear doesn't cure fear. Ooh, that's that's good. Simply knowing the breeding ground of fear doesn't cure fear. Just like knowing that diet and exercise is how you lose weight will not cause you to lose weight. You have to apply techniques and principles of what you know to get the results you desire in life. As I told someone some years ago, and I actually said it in a sermon. How do you how do you save money? Spend less than you make. It's not rocket science. There's no way you can accumulate and build wealth, have emergency funds, uh, invest, have any level of of uh, of uh, you know a, a rainy day fund or whatever term you want to use. Some people don't like rainy day, sunshine day. I lo- I like sunshine day. Uh, I just made that up just now. But anyway, the point that I'm making is this: information that's not applied won't help you. Now, moving on. All right. It says if a physician discovers you have an infection in some part of your body, he doesn't stop there. He proceeds with treatment to cure the infection. All right. 
So moving on, he says, fear is success enemy number one. And I would agree. Um, so fear is success enemy number one. Fear stops people from capitalizing on opportunity. Fear wears down physical vitality. Fear actually makes people sick, causes organic difficulties, shortens life. Fear closes your mouth when you when you want to speak. Now, this is powerful. In Scripture, over and over again, the prophets of the Bible, and, and I'm sure this is across all religions, but I'm just going to talk about the Judeo-Christian Scriptures right now, what we call the Holy Bible. That people are told over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why? Because the Moseses of the world and the Jesuses of the world knew that fear was a mental, emotional, and physical paralyzer. Paralyzer. It will stop you cold, even when you have the skills, talents, abilities, and experience to do something when you are scared you stop and that's why you have to address fear as strongly and as effectively as humanly possible you got to address it all right so that's what we're doing today how we're going to get into some specific techniques to address fear head on now as Reverend Coleman used to say, it works if you work it. So me giving you information without you utilizing it will not get you transformation. Information turns into transformation after utilization. Oh, that's pretty good. I need to write that down. Let me make sure I write that down. That was pretty good. I just made that up. Transform. Uh, what is that? Information. I just have to write down the keywords. Transformation. Utilization. Excuse me, y'all. I just got to stop because, you know, sometimes when you get something really good, you got to stop and do something with it. All right. Beautiful. So it goes on to say. Fear, uncertainty, lack of confidence explain why we have economic recessions. Fear explains why millions of people truly accomplish little and enjoy little. Why? People are afraid to live. You know, in what's, what's, what's crazy sometimes about the human experience is people are afraid to live. And they're afraid to what we call die or make their transition. You know, uh, I saw this meme of Snoopy and Charlie Brown. Uh, and I think it was Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And I think Charlie Brown said, um, uh, you know, something along the lines of, uh, you you only live once to Snoopy. And Snoopy said, no, we live every day. We die once. But see, the perspective of trying to get out of life alive in a physical sense, and I'm not saying, and I know some metaphysical people who will give a lot of debates. This isn't that theological argument right now. What I'm saying is this. As Les Brown would say, die empty and if you want to die empty you have to get rid of your fear too many people go to the grave with 
ideas, with goals, with dreams, with visions, with passions, knowing that they have the skills, talents, and abilities to do it. But fear has stopped them from living the life that they want. Fear has stopped them from having the family they want. Fear is stopping them from having the relationship that they want. Fear is stopping them from having the life that they really, truly desire. Fear. Fear. And after a while, you have to ask yourself, am I going to allow fear to steal my life from me? It's something to think about. Because it can happen so quickly, so simply. And before you realize it, trust me when I tell you, decades will go past you and you'll look up and say, what in the heck happened? How did I lose 30 years? How did I lose 40 years? The average human lifespan is 82, 84, something like that. You can spend half your life afraid of living life. You can live your whole life afraid of living life. You were created to do more than go to school, get domesticated. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just talking about it, just perspective. Go to school, get domesticated, go to work, you know, hopefully have a day or two off, you know, transition to older years, watch your grandkids and kids live, and then check out. You showed up here fully packed with skills, gifts, talents, and abilities. But you have to be willing to show up for your own life. Are you willing to show up for your own life? Yeah, you might mess up. Yeah, you might fail. Yeah, you might not be as equipped and prepared as you thought you were. But here's what I do know. If you never do nothing Nothing will ever happen. Nothing. So moving on. And again, I'm not going to teach this book page by page. I'm just going to pull out some key points so we can do what we got to do. He goes on to say, fear of all kinds and sizes is a form of psychological infection. We can cure a mental infection the same way we cure a body infection with specific Proved treatments. So, in other words, the techniques in this book are techniques that he has taken from the best minds and from his own personal experience and teaching others how to apply the things necessary to your mental state to eradicate fear. So he's saying no different than how uh, a vaccine, like right now people are trying to discover how to do a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. Just like that, just like that, you have to put what you do through trial and see how effective it is. Don't do things that don't get you the results you want. Moving on. He says, uh, first, though, as a part of your pre-treatment preparation, condition yourself with this fact. All, all, All confidence is acquired, developed. No one is born with confidence. Oh, man. Oh, man. I know some people will say, well, 
Let me argue that point. Some people are born leaders. Some people are natural leaders. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Anybody can develop confidence. Anybody. Anybody. Why? With God, all things are possible. Anybody can develop confidence. And that means you. All right? Now, confidence doesn't have to mean, uh, you know, narcissism. Confidence doesn't mean arrogance. Confidence just means something like I heard in an old rap song many years ago, and I don't remember the name of the song, Lord, I wish I did. And the rapper said, I'm not conceited, I'm just convinced. See, it's a difference between being conceited and convinced. I'm convinced that as a child of God, prosperity is my birthright. Health is my birthright. Peace is my birthright. Joy is my birthright. Love is my birthright. I'm convinced that it's my birthright. So that builds confidence. I'm convinced that I am made in the image and after the likeness of God, that I'm a divine expression of the one mind, the one power, the one presence that we call God. I'm convinced that there's something radically right about me. Because of who I am, because of my divine origin, I'm convinced. The question is, are you convinced about who you are? Moving on, page 51. He gives a lot of stories in this chapter. I don't have time to do all these chapters. So the chapter says, Action cures fear. Indecision, postponement, on the other hand, fertilize fear. Fertilize fear. So uh, I want you just to be around the thought process of if you're trying to deal with fear, you got to deal with action. You got to get into action. You got to do some stuff. You know, really, for real. So, moving on. Page 53. He gives a, a great story about a man who who uh, thought he was going to lose his job because the sales numbers were down. And the guy, you know, was complaining about it. And he told the guy two very sound things. I think it was very powerful. One, you got to get your attitude together. You got to take some actions necessary to turn your sales around. What can you do? All right. So it's important for you to understand that the advice he gave the guy is the same advice anybody that would sound wisdom would give to someone that what can you do? He said, go have a conversation with your boss. Let them know, hey, I see where my, my sales are and I'm putting a plan together to change this around. Your job might be different. But what can you do differently to change the narrative around your performance at work? Then he told the guy, um, reach out to a couple of people in your field, some buddies, and let them know that you're, you know, thinking about, you know, moving companies. So you can have the opportunity, if needed, to move on because it's better to have something, you know, you know, as, as the, the old saying, 
bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's better to have that situation and circumstance where you know you got something just in case, you know, something goes awry with the job. So he gave the guy two sound actions to eradicate the fear. The guy turned things around. He 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 was meeting with his sales team once a week. Now he started meeting with them every five days a week in the morning before every before they started work. He instilled confidence in his team. Taking action. He had the conversation with his boss. Taking action actually helped him do what he needed to do. All right. So, and then he says something I think is so true. I used to tell my friends this all the time back in the day. Page 53. He said, remember, it's 10 times easier for a man with with a job to get another job than it is for someone unemployed to connect. Something about hiring somebody who already has a job is just super sexy for somebody who's hiring people. I don't know what that's about. But it's legit because it changes the narrative of I don't need this job. I'm pursuing something because I think this is a better option. All right. Moving on. All right. So he goes on to say. I love this. Hope is a start. Page 53. Hope is a start. But hope needs action to win victories. Hope is a start. Hope is the beginning. But you still have to take action. So when you understand that hope needs action, then that means that you have to put some feet on your prayers at times. Sometimes prayer is be still and know. But sometimes prayer is pray and do. It means put some feet on those ideas, put some feet on those goals, put some feet on those visions. You got to take action. All right. So he gives a quick statement that I think you can utilize immediately. He said, what kind of action can I take to conquer my fear? Isolate your fear, then take appropriate action. Isolate it. Make sure you crowd it into exactly what it is that you're really dealing with. Because fear likes to spread around the mind and start affecting things that have nothing to do with the situation. All of a sudden, you start imagining all type of stuff that ain't got nothing to do with the situation but fear functions like that like a virus it just spreads so you have to isolate it just like you would do with a with a with a medical treatment isolate it and deal with it isolate it and deal with it okay what am i really dealing with and what direct action can i take to deal with eradicating this fear like like for real real talk what direct action can I take to eradicate this fear? You know, I, I never forget years ago, I was, um, me and my uh, buddy Drive, we were looking for some, um, we saw this movie called The Perfect Weapon. Uh, it was a, it was a movie by uh, action star in the 90s called, uh, his name is Jeff Speakman. And Jeff Speakman was teaching this Kempo Karate and he was, you know, super fast hands. And when we saw the movie, we got excited. We were like, man, we're going to go study. We're going to find a place to teach us that martial arts style. So we show up uh, at a particular school. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the teacher was good and whatever. But I noticed that it was a, a, a person who was, he wasn't a black belt, but he was a higher ranking belt. And he, 
I learned really quickly by watching him spar with some yellow belts that he was scared to actually engage. He was studying martial arts, but he was afraid to get hit. So because he was afraid to get hit, even though he knew the techniques, if you watched him just do the form against some air, do the techniques in like shadow boxing, you know, and they would call that kata in karate. He looks he looked really good. Standing in front of another human being, he looked really scared. And then he got popped in the face with gloves on, not hard, and went down and, and went into a ball. And I and, and the, the you know, the instructor, the sensei, you know, got on him, like, wait a minute. You got to get back up and get back in front of that guy. The guy didn't want to do it. He was like literally like almost in tears. And I was like, and I'm just sitting there looking at my buddy like, what in the heck did we just walk into seeing? This is crazy. And, you know, I don't remember whatever happened to that guy. But my, my prayer is this, that if you wanted to be good in martial arts, the first thing he did the very next day was say, okay, we got to spar. And then the next day, we got to spar. And then the next day, we got to spar. Because you can't be good in martial arts if you're scared of getting hit. And you can't be good at life if you're afraid of getting hit. You're going to get hit. It's going to happen. Stuff going to pop up that you don't expect. Stuff is going to break down that you don't expect. People are going to do things that you don't expect. Situations are going to happen that you don't expect. You can't let fear stop you from taking action. Action cures fear. You got to do it. You got to do it. And if you don't, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, as Jack Canfield says in one of his books, you know, telling, you know, telling the guy, some guy, you know, if if you if you want to ask her out on a date, ask her. What's the worst thing that can happen? You'll just be by yourself. You're already by yourself already. But now you don't have to deal with the unknown. And you don't have to be dictated by fear. You can let somebody who could be perfectly great for you walk right on by because you're too afraid to open your mouth and say something. Action cures fear. And people who are really aggressive in life are the people who have figured out that if they take action, more likely than not, they win. They win. So it looks like it's about time for our break, if I'm if I'm right. Uh, so we will take this break. When we come back, we're going to drill down into some very specific things out of this chapter to help you overcome fear. We'll be right back with True Transform. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we get back to the book, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, let me give my quick commercial just to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. It is the easiest way to get in contact with me if you're trying to contact me. Also, you can, I believe when you go to the UnionOnlineRadio.org website and find my page, I think when you click on that, that's the that's where it goes. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Also, if you are following the Facebook page, which I'm asking you to do so, like the page, write a positive review, give it a five-star rating. It helps with the algorithms. The show is also, for those who listen to this on the website, the show is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and all other apps that carry podcasts. Uh, I also want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple is you know, presenting its live stream only service right now in the midst of the pandemic. So everything is live stream only every Sunday morning from 1030 until noon central time. So you can go to our website, cutemple.org, www.cutemple.org, cu, the word temple.org, our YouTube page, CU Temple, or our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple. That will allow you to watch our Sunday service, any other special services we have. Also want to let you know that I recorded a, excuse me, I'm broadcasting a seminar on Saturday at noon titled Ask and Receive. Ask and Receive. I'm going to be teaching the principles of proper asking. What does it mean to ask spiritually and mentally? What does it mean to receive? Or in other words, get the desired demonstrations that you desire. So you want to check in 12 p.m. Central Time this Saturday on our Facebook page or on our YouTube page again, which is CU Temple. You don't want to miss it. Trust me, it's going to. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. It's good stuff. Uh, finally, I'm trying to make sure I covered all of the stuff I'm supposed to cover. All Christ Universal Temple teaches Facebook uh, lessons, Facebook Live, Monday through Friday at noon Central Time. Uh, I, along with a few others, Reverend Marjorie Cook and um, our uh, COO, Attorney Gavin Jackson, we all teach the noonday lesson based upon our daily inspiration for better living periodical. And I normally do Wednesdays and Fridays now. We started this in the midst of the pandemic, and we're just going to keep going forward and teaching what we need to teach because we feel as though it is of value. So make sure you check it out. Matter of fact, I'm teaching today at noon. So make sure you check it out. All right, so let's get back to the book now cuz now we got to get into some good stuff here, some really good stuff. All right. Cuz we're talking about action. So, on page 54, he gives some examples of what you can do, types of fear and the actions you can take, which I love. He's like, you know, embarrassment because of your personal appearance. What can you do? Go to the barbershop, a beauty salon, shine your shoes, get some new shoes or Clean up the ones you have. Uh, get your clothes cleaned and pressed. Uh, and practice better grooming. It doesn't always take new clothes. In other words, let's make sure you have what you have to do what you need to do. And he gives example after example after example. He gives eight examples. And it's better for you to get the book and read because he deals with specifics. What he's basically saying is this. Always 
take the direct action necessary to address your fear. So on page 55, he says, or he wrote, use this two-step procedure to cure fear and win confidence. Isolate your fear. That's number one. Isolate your fear. Pin it down. Determine exactly what you are afraid of. And that might require some investigation, but that that means you have to take action to really sit down. You might need a, you might need to get a pen and pad and really write it. Okay, what am I really afraid of? And really address it. Number two, then take action. There is some kind of action for any kind of fear. You got to take action. You have to get into action. And then he wrote, and remember, hesitation only enlarges, magnifies fear. Take action properly. Be decisive. Be decisive. And here's the thing. I think one of the reasons why at times uh, really uh, aggressive but sometimes not ethical people get ahead in life is because they don't hesitate. They are very decisive. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do, even when it's wrong, even when it's destructive. Now, that doesn't mean they don't get the other things to go along with destructive behavior. But many times they're very decisive. The quote-unquote bad boy uh, sometimes is very decisive in what he wants to do or a bad girl she wants to do. And that becomes attractive to people who are always playing it safe, who are always allowing fear and hesitation to dictate their lives. So you have to be mindful of that. All right. So he gives some other stuff about your memory bank. You know, what are you pulling from your memory bank? Or what we would call subconscious mind. So when you see a situation, a circumstance, you automatically will start pulling up, okay, what do I know about this already? And depending on the paradigm, depending on the context in which you live, you can pull positive, constructive information out of your subconscious mind or Negative, don't try it, fear-based thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. Now, obviously, if you pray, you can receive higher inspiration from the superconsciousness or the Christ mind or your divine intuition, whatever term you want to use, spirit, spiritual consciousness. The key is this. What are you paying attention to? What has more influence over you? If the negative has more influence with you, then you have to spend more time conditioning your mind for the positive. And people say, oh, that positive thinking stuff doesn't work. Okay, so the alternative is negative thinking? Oh, no, I just keep it real. You just got to face the facts. Okay, but if all you do is face the facts and you never seek a higher vision, seek to live above facts, then you can never have a transformed life. Everybody who has ever accomplished something great stare the fact down and said, I can live above and beyond you. Yes, this is the way it is, but it doesn't have to be the way it always has to be. It can be changed. It can be different. It can be better. And you have to do the same thing with your own thoughts. Moving on. So he, he wrote, deposit only positive thoughts into your memory bank. In other words, as much as you possibly can, think positive, feel positive, speak positive, and act positively, even with your body language. Read positive things. Listen to positive things. Meditate. Pray on positive things. 
Now, people could say, oh, that, that's Pollyanna. That's living like an ostrich. I'm not saying live like an ostrich with a hole, with your head in a hole. What I am saying is whatever is uh, in front of you, you can address it with an optimistic attitude or a pessimistic attitude. But you still got to deal with the same issue. So you might as well deal with it in an empowered way. Remember, somebody's going to condition your mind. It might as well be you. All right, moving on. Then he wrote number two, withdraw only positive thoughts from your memory bank. And he he goes into a lot of detail into that. But the base baseline of it is this. What you put in, you put out. You get out. Or you have the option to take out. Subconscious mind has all of it in it. But you have to withdraw what it is that will help you take the positive actions you need to be able to take and will support them. He said, and I love this on page 58, talking to his friend talking about negative thinking, a psychologist. He said how to deal with them, negative thinking. He said simply this, destroy their negative thoughts before those thoughts become mental monsters. I love that, mental monsters, because it starts off as a small thought and it just keeps growing until, until it turns into a monster. So he went on to say, it is clear that any negative thought, if fertilized with repeated recall, can develop into a real mind monster, breaking down confidence and paving the way to serious psychological difficulties. That's good stuff right there. All right. All right. Then he wrote on page 61. And again, I was trying to give you some of these key points because I can't do a chap page by page. He says, why do people fear other people? Why don't many people, excuse me, why don't many folks feel self-conscious around others? What's behind shyness? What can we do about it? Fear of other people is a big fear, but there's a way to conquer it. You can conquer fear of people if you will learn to put them into proper perspective. What is proper perspective? They're no better than me. I'm no better than them. proper perspective. They might have talent, skills, and abilities in a particular field that might be more developed than me. Like, obviously, I can't play basketball like LeBron James. But it doesn't mean he's better as a human being than me. He's just better in his field. I'm better in something else. LeBron James can't teach this hardcore metaphysics like I teach it. That's the point. You got to put yourself and others in proper perspective. All right, so how do, you, how do you put people in proper perspective? He says on page 62, number one, get a balanced view of the other fellow. All right? And he, in other words, I'm important and they are important. And he wrote, so when you meet another person, make it a policy to think. We're just two important people sitting down to discuss something of mutual interest and benefit. Number two, develop an understanding attitude. People who want figuratively to bite you, growl at you, pick on you, and otherwise chop you down are not rare. If you're not prepared for people like that, they can punch big holes in your confidence and make you feel completely defeated. So in other words, you got to know how to deal with conflict. You got to learn how to deal with haters. You got to deal, learn how to deal with people who won't support you. You got to make that okay. Like literally, okay, you got to make that okay. 
It's okay that they're not supporting me. It's okay that they got an attitude. It's okay. Why? Because you got to remember what you're seeking to do. Some people will show up with their negative energy and throw you off of what you're seeking to do. And next thing you know, you don't have what you desire. You don't have what you want. You don't have your accomplishment. You don't have your success because you let somebody else's attitude determine how you will behave, what you say, what you think, and how you feel. Am I saying that's easy? No. What I, I am saying is necessary. All right. Moving on. He goes on on page 68, and I'm jumping over a few things, but I think this is important. He said, he wrote, to think confidently, act confidently. Now, people say, well, that's backwards. How can I act confidently if I don't think confidently? Well, Tony Robbins even teaches this. He says, many times you want to change your mental state, you have to change your physical state. This is why, you know, at his seminars, he gets people jumping up and shouting and, and, and uh, you know, declaring all of these uh, statements with so much vigor, with so much power, with so much passion, because he's seeking to change the physical state. You know, I, I remember when I uh, went to the un, his Unleash the Power Within conference uh, and uh, I, along with a former co-worker, uh, Sir Claude, we were there and, you know, we were just ready like that first night because we just couldn't wait to walk on the hot hot coals or whatever he has those those things are. We just couldn't wait. We're like, man, let's get to it. And all he was doing for like an hour and a half was just getting people physically ready to get uh, uh, to walk across the coals. We didn't need it because we were ready to roll. We like. Let's do it now. But it took about an hour and a half to get people there because he had to get people past the fear of it. So, you know, we're at the United Center down in um, near west side Chicago where the Chicago Bulls play. And so we go outside. People have taken off shoes and, and socks. And it's all these people. It's about 9,000 people. And almost all of them, the overwhelming majority, are going to walk over on the coals. So he and I get up in the line, and it's uh, he's in the line next to me, or is he behind me? He might have been behind me. I don't remember because I was just so fired up, and I was ready to do it. And the, the lady standing in front of me wouldn't go. She just was standing there. She was, And her mind, instead of seeing the person at the end, the person she was supposed to walk to, all she could do was look at the coals. And I can remember Tony Robbins saying, when you walk, you don't look at the coals. You walk to where you want to go. And I'm not telling anybody to go walk on fire. That's a personal decision. Trust me when I tell you. But I can remember uh, by the t you know by the time I don't even remember if she did it or didn't do it. I know when it was time for me to go. I think they set her aside because you know you don't force somebody to do something like that. Uh, that's you know that's also a great way to get sued. I walked, and they were, like, ready to get you fired up. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's like, dude, I'm ready. Let me go. And I just walked. I didn't even want the conversation. I just walked on the fire. And I walked, and at the end, when you walk on the coals, they have, like, a, a little uh, place where you put uh, your feet in the water before you go on your way. I walked past the thing where you put your feet in the water. They had to grab me and put my feet in the water because my mindset was, 
I'm doing this. I'm done. Let's go do this. I didn't need the water on my feet. My my mind was already made made up. And no, my feet weren't burned, uh, you know, uh, or anything of that nature. I was ready. I would do it right now if I, at this church and somebody has some uh, some coals or fire outside this church right now. I do it again right now. Why? Because it was a great drill in physical action to help you deal with mental states. Sometimes you have to change your physiology. This is why sometimes when you're upset, go for a walk. Sometimes people just go for a car and they're just mad. But sometimes you just go for a walk. Why? Because your body starts to engage. B- bodies, your blood is pumping. Your, uh, you know, the, you know, you're releasing, you know, hormones in your body. You know, you getting that heart rate up. It makes a difference. It actually calms your body down. That's why exercise helps change the state. This is why when you see, you know, in uh, certain religious practices like uh, when I was growing up, my, my family called them sanctified. But like with Pentecostals, uh, and they're having, you know, the healing services, the uh, the I forgot what they call those things right now. It's not popping up in my mind. Revival. That's what it is. Revivals. They get there. The music is playing. People are dancing and people are uh, clapping and they're shouting and praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. This, that, another. What's actually happening is they're actually using physical state to change the mental state. So I'm not, you know, so people's like, oh, you know, all that's not from necessarily for me. We actually have a healing service at Christ Universal Temple where we have the music, we invoke the spirit, we we'll pray with people, we'll lay hands, we'll do all that stuff. We don't go to some of the extremes that they do to others, but the idea behind it is you create the experience to help them change the mental state. So with the music and the people praying and the and the singing. And the, and you see in the physical expressions, people with their hands in the air and this, that, and other, it creates a energy that's felt subconsciously that helps push you through. Now, sometimes you might be by yourself, and you got to do that for yourself. This is also why music is so helpful. Sometimes people use music to help them work out. People use music to help them change their state. Some people use music to help them relax. You can do physical things to help you shift your state. You know, sometimes you hear certain songs that just gets you fired up. You're like, you ready to rumble. You know, it's, uh, you know, you know, when I was a kid, that Rocky music, that dun 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 that Rocky music would get me fired up. I'd be ready to roll because it, that, that music just gets you going. I remember when, after that long break of the Star Wars movies and when The Force Awakens came and me and my buddies were in the show, and we got our good seats, and we reclined, and that Star Wars music comes on with the screen with the words coming down, and I just felt it on the inside, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because it changed the state. I really want you to get this. The things you can do to help build confidence and change your mental state by doing physical things, things that you know get you where you need to be, do them. Music you listen to that helps you get there, listen to it. Exercise. Move your body. Do stuff. You got to change your state. If you talk to somebody and they help you laugh, they make you laugh, call them when you're feeling a little down and depressed. Why? You got to take action. 
All right. So he gives a few things, actions you can take to produce confident thinking. I really like these. Number one, page 69, be a front seater. He said, uh, ever notice in church classrooms and other kinds of assemblies how the back seats fill up first? Most people scramble to sit in the back row so they won't be too conspicuous. And the reason that and the reason they are afraid to be conspicuous is they lack confidence. Sitting up front builds confidence. Practice it. From now on, make it a rule to sit as close to the front as you can. I'm a big believer in this. Stop hiding behind people. People who hide behind people are not the people who take charge and make stuff happen. You got to be up front. You got to be willing to put your stuff on the line if you want to make a difference in life. All right, be a, again, be a front seater. Get in the habit of sitting up front or sitting as close to the front as possible. Even if that means you got to get there early. Stop being a back, back seat, back row person. Be a front seater. Number two, practice making eye contact. When you talk to people, look at them. Don't 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 look away and and all of that type of stuff. You know, when I'm talking to young people, and you know, and I do this probably with young boys more than I do with young girls. But I like, you know, hey, you know, look at me, look at me in my eyes. Why? Because I'm trying to teach these young men. You don't talk to another man, and then you have your eyes all over the place. Like, okay, look look like you got some confidence in who you are. It makes a difference. And then he wrote, walk 25% faster. Sometimes people just get there when they get there. But you got to put some pep in your step. Some energy behind you to be able to do what you need to do. Trust me when I tell you, you got to put some pep in your step. Walk 25% faster. Cindy Portier once said, that when two people take a walk, something unconscious always happens. Either you speed up to match the pace of the other person, or you slow down, or you slow down to match the pace of someone else. Don't slow down to match the pace of other people. Have them speed up. Have them speed up. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Are you slowing down to match the pace of everybody around you? Or do they have to match your pace? Because the pace they're on might not get you the results you want. So start walking faster. Just walk faster. You know, you know, you know, I have a high tendency to walk fast. People actually have said that to me. You walk fast and you bounce when you walk. I walk with strong intention. It's in, very intentional. Why? There are times when it's time to chill. There's times when you relax. And then there's times when it's, there are times to get things done. Are you ready? Are you prepared to get things done? It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Number four, practice speaking up. He wrote, each time the conference clam fails to speak, he 
he feels even more inadequate, more inferior. Often he makes a faint promise to himself that deep down he knows he won't keep to speak next time. This is very important. Each time our clam fails to speak, he takes one more dose of confidence poison. He becomes less and less confident of himself. All right. He said, put this confidence builder to use. Make it a rule to speak up at every meeting you attend. Speak up. Say something voluntarily at every business conference, committee meeting, community forum you attend. Make no exception. Comment, make a suggestion, ask a question, and don't be the last to speak. Try to be the icebreaker, the first one with a comment. And never worry about looking foolish. Number five, smile big. Look at people and smile. Just look at people. When I, when I was in the grocery business, um, that was one of the things we would have to do with the secret shopper. And it was very difficult at times to train our employees to smile when they make eye contact and smile and greet someone. It'll make a difference who it was. If another person walked past you, a customer walked past you, make eye contact, smile. If they look lost or look like they were looking for something, uh, is it something I can help you with? Why? The eye contact, the smile, and the comment were all graded. And we lost points when the employees didn't do them from the mystery shopper. So we had to drill it down into people. Make eye contact. Smile. Speak up. It makes a difference. So next week, we're going to cover how to think big. How to think big. We're going to deal with some great details. I would strongly suggest yet again, you get this book. Read it for yourself. Do what you need to do to make stuff happen. Again, it only works if you work it. So get to work. God bless you. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.